The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck.
You found the antidote with Dave Hawkins. I always think it's cool to find a band who've been around a long, long time and never disappoint. Red is one of those bands that got my attention and held it ever since their 2006 debut release, End of Silence. Their great music didn't end just there. Red has put out six albums over the years and have just released a new EP called The Evening Hate. And tonight I'm going to squeeze in at least one song from each of those albums. I took us back a few years for tonight's opening song, Who We Are, from the band's 2011 release, Until We Have Faces. A couple of weeks ago, Red's vocalist Michael Barnes and I found some time for a talk about the history of Red, their current tour, and the evening hate. Here it is. It's a huge pleasure to have the front man of Red, Michael Barnes, joining us here on The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Michael. Excited. Can you give us the breakdown of Red's current band members? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, well, me and Michael Barnes, front man. Uh, got Randy Armstrong, who plays bass, and then his twin brother. Uh, we grew up together. We've known each other since third grade. Anthony Armstrong, uh, he plays guitar. And then we have Dan Johnson on drums right now. Third grade, that's wild. <laughs> I guess there's no other way to put this. Red exploded onto the music scene with your 2006 debut release, End of Silence. I mean, the album went gold, it was Grammy-nominated, and received all kinds of acclaim. There were all kinds of hard rock bands in the music scene at that time, but Red really did sound different. Were you purposefully seeking out a sound you could call your own? Uh, You know, I've always been a fan of classical music, and... When we started working on the music for End of Silence back in 2004, 2005, it's not like we tried to force um, a certain sound or anything. It's um, We just started working on music, and uh, one of the first songs, Break Me Down, actually, we had a guy, that, uh, a string arranger that was going over to Prague, and he was doing some stuff for another project, uh, the song called Break Me Down. So if you hear the intro before uh, Breathe Into Me, on End of Silence, there's like a piano thing, there's a couple guys talking. It's between um, Bernie Herms, who was the string arranger for uh, Break Me Down, and uh, our producer, Rob Graves. They were talking about just some of the extra elements that they could add to um, some of the music that we had started on. The funny thing is, like, Hyde and even End of Silence in its entirety was written on an acoustic guitar. So we're really just focusing in on uh, melody and uh, chord structure only. And then a lot of that with our classical background and influence, um, you know, it just lend itself to just a wide variety of extra elements. Michael spoke about the songs. Now it's time to hear them. First, the intro to the End of Silence album, and then their huge hit, Breathe Into Me.
been talk over the past few years that rock is dying especially hard rock but i mean really you know this genre better than anybody do you think there's any truth in that um you know people's um people's tastes change throughout the years i mean that's totally fine and everything but i think just with the change of streaming from cds to streaming and all that uh i think rock maybe have gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit because of people aren't buying cds anymore um, you know, it's kind of gone to streaming. So that change in itself made things not as accessible and as hard to um, get a hold of. You know, and uh, you know, there's so many bands. It kind of flooded the market and made it very oversaturated. So you know, I can see where it get a little difficult to find your place throughout the mix. And um, yeah, it's totally fine. You know, I believe you know, like with clothes and stuff like that, things change. But 
I don't think rock is gone or will ever go away. It may have changed uh, for the past decade, but I think there, and I see this with um, some of the tours that went out this summer um, through this grace and some of the bands that we toured with back in, you know, early years of red and had done throughout the years too. um, I can see a resurgence of those bands that coming back and actually drawing a lot of tickets. So um, you can see that it's never really gone away too. It's because Breaking Benjamin, I mean, they're putting out, um, they're very similar to their, their older style too as well. And so people are eating that up and they love it. And so, you know, I feel like people are just wanting that old style of rock too. Um, that was back in the uh, early uh, 2000s too as well. So it's like, yeah, I, don't, I really don't think it's totally gone or gone away. You know, I think I see a resurgence. You see Slipknot, they just put out their record, um, uh, this past month and it went number one. So there's definitely some indications that <laughs> it's not going to be gone for a long time. That's for <laughs> sure.
Red's 2013 album Release the Panic included that song, If We Only. I've already mentioned that I love this band's sound, and we get into that on this next part of our talk. Then we'll hear Step Inside the Violence and Of These Chains, two songs that show how creative Red really is. Well, you mentioned about change. That's one thing that hasn't changed much with Red, because you've always had a really consistent style. But something I enjoy is the fact that you're willing to bring in new elements, you know, like the electronic side of your Gone album. Is that how you keep the music fresh and not fall into just making clones? Yeah, I mean, we're always always trying something new, always trying something different. Um, you know, and with classical music, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like there's so many um, just elements that you can bring in uh, that create this huge sonic atmosphere. And, you know, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create um, with whether it's stringed instruments or whether it's acoustic instruments or, or drums and percussion or anything. It's like uh, with all the different sounds when it comes to electronic, I mean, there's uh, thousands upon thousands that you can add and mix in to create this huge sonic landscape. And, you know, it's just, it's ear candy. It's fun to listen to uh, um, when you, you know, pop that CD in or stream it. You can listen to it over and over again and pick out different things. You're like, hey, I didn't notice that last time. And so I find that interesting and fun uh, when it comes to music that has huge um, sonic scapes to it as well. But the consistency of Red is the melody, it's the chord structure and progression that makes the songs interesting to listen to as well. And, you know, we've never steered from that. And that's the most important thing. It sounds like maybe you should actually just turn yourself into a symphonic metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely have those ambient symphonic sounds, you know, too, as well. But, you know, we're definitely never going to stray away from our, you know, harder rock um, portion of who we are. You know, a lot of our influences back in the early 2000s, uh, you know, when Linkin Park came out and Seven Dust was hitting hard with animosity and uh, there's a lot of these bands that just had that really hard aggression, you know, and I, I love that kind of thing. I was very, uh, I was the youngest child in my family. So I was very angsty. I had older, older <laughs> siblings that picked on me and stuff, but you know, you know, I loved that energy. You know, I was a fast runner. So I loved just uh, how hard rock is. And, you know, and I think that's why a lot of people that love that kind of explosion, that energy, that excitement are very um, attuned to this type of music.
Hey, this is Michael Barnes from Red, and you're checking into The Antidote. talking about the music end of Red, but really probably the most important element is your distinctive vocals. 
But really with you, you're wearing two hats. Like, is it difficult for you to manage doing both the clean and the raw vocals? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I actually, I really enjoy um, that aspect of it. I mean, I don't know if it's difficult. It's just something that's kind of, you know, morphed over the years. I've, done, I've learned it so long ago and how to um, use my voice to make it more angsty and, and more clean tone. And so it's just something that it's almost second nature for me. But I love the fact that I can bring that to the table for our band because, you know, with the sonic landscape and just the emotional value of, of uh, you know, how our music has ups and downs and, and everything in between, I love the fact that I can have my voice paint a certain picture too as well that goes along really well with some of the symphonic elements, some of the, you know, the hard, crunchy guitars and uh, drum sounds just to make it more fit uh, the style of Fight me! 
Michael Barnes is a guy who really can do it all. The song Fight Inside from Innocence and Instinct shows how far he can stretch on those vocals. Well, Red really is a truly busy band. Next up, Michael and I talk about their new tour and deciding to become an independent band. Then we'll bring in Still Alive. Red is heading out on a 36-date North American tour with In Flames. And thank you for including some Canadian dates. Um, yeah, we're excited. <laughs> it's like, finally, everybody, when we posted the, uh, the tour, all the uh, Canadian fans were like, finally! <laughs> That's about it. Because the first and only time I saw you was outside of Buffalo in 2006. Yeah, but that, yeah, that was definitely a long time ago. <laughs> it was. Well, a lot of bands spend all their time on the road. What's the case with Red? I mean, we're going to be definitely busy this year. Um, this past uh, year, though, we've taken off eight to nine months. Uh, we finished up our contract, and uh, we really wanted to take some time to uh, um, gather our thoughts. Um, we we're independent now, um, so like, what direction do we want to go with this new album? You know, everything's on our shoulders now, so it's it's an exciting time for us. Um, it's also a time that has, takes a, a lot of responsibility. Getting everything uh, set up uh, for independency is difficult. Um, so you know, we're depending on our fans, uh, you know, we don't have the record label there for support or from, you know, financially or, uh, the different, um, avenues and aspects that they provide to the table. You know, they have different departments and stuff. We have to provide all that now. So there's that aspect of it too, you know, and we're all family men too as well. So it was, it was exciting to be home for, uh, you know, the past eight to nine months with our families and kind of catch up. And, and, um, you know, we've got a lot of kids that are starting school and they're elementary school to middle school and age. And so those are, those are times that fly by quickly. So we're taking this opportunity to really, you know, connect with our families too as well. But, you know, we've always been that way, um, you know, with our families, we, family comes first, but, you know, um, we've got this new record that we're working on, uh, EP that's coming out November 1st, day before the tour starts. That's going to be a five song EP. It's got two songs that we've already released and then some acoustic stuff and, and a cover called, uh, hemorrhage that we just, um, put out too as well so the ep is coming out november 1st and then we've got uh, the record we're actually turning it in by the end of this year so that we can put it out uh in april so we're excited definitely a lot of things to come uh we're gonna be busy this next year but um you know it's it's every year that we put out a record it's always the busiest year so Save you from 
here's what you've been waiting for. Michael speaks more about the new Red EP, and we'll hear the title track from The Evening Hate. Well, that upcoming EP, The Evening Hate, I mean, in the past you've always released albums, but this time it's an EP. Does that change its impact? No, I think it's... um we're in the, this new era of like streaming and, and you've got Spotify and all different aspects of, of releasing music. Now our independency, we have the opportunity and the ability to just, we could write a song and release it in between record cycles. And so we want this EP to kind of excite people, get people excited for the record that's going to be coming up. And so it's kind of something for them to chew on in the meantime, while we're out there touring, you know, our tails off, uh, in can in cold Canada, uh, I'm hoping for some snow, but I heard it doesn't really snow until January in Canada, but I'm excited. I hope you see some at least. You've been sorely misled about the snow. <laughs> oh, good, good. Half the I'm country's excited. already been nailed. <laughs> so you've mentioned about switching from Essential Sony and now being independent. What does that do for the band artistically? Does it open up new doors? Uh Artistically, as far as the music uh, goes, you know, we've never really uh, strayed or changed too far other than we have all of the control. <laughs> you know, we've always had control, um, but we have uh, less people from the label that are speaking into our ears and telling us, you know, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Um, you know, it's all on our shoulders. Like I said, we're independent. And, like, we had to start our own label, and the first band that's on that label is us. <laughs> you know, that's just how it works when you start in a, your own independent company and label yeah i mean all the all the artistic side of it is totally ours um we shape and form our videos and we've always kind of done that but this whole last video the the evening hate we did the whole thing ourselves randy and anthony did some of the artistic side of it randy did the uh script and uh, uh he directed it you know and all of that money was coming out of art directly from our pocket it wasn't the label paying for it and then we had to pay it back it was us doing the whole thing ourselves and so uh, it's fun. It's exciting. You know, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, there's countless hours that were put into that. Nobody else is doing it for us. You know, it's a lot of uh, asking friends to come out and, and, you know, be a volunteer and help uh, be an extra in the video. And so <laughs> people helping out. And, and, and it's, it's kind of an exciting time. We're excited to be a part of it. I've seen the video for the Evening Hate song. And I mean, the song itself, it's dark and difficult to handle. The song really makes it seem as if there's virtually no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, our music's always kind of had this uh, fight inside, this uh, um, this struggle that we've always had. And the Evening Hate, uh, the title of the song is actually coined from uh, a reference that Randy um, read about uh, in World War One. The trench fighters used to call it the Evening Hate when they were fighting the Germans, where they would bomb them right when evening or dusk would hit, they would, you know, you'd hear the sirens or see, hear the uh, planes coming and they would bomb them at night. Mm -hmm. And they coined the phrase, and the evening hate kind of war theme going throughout our videos. And so we wanted to continue on uh, the video legacy of, you know, the machine and, you know, we're guys that love uh, war movies and things like that. So just, it lend very easily to, Hey, let's blow up a bunch of stuff. And, and, uh, uh, run around and shoot guns <laughs> you know <laughs> randy and anthony you know i've known each other since third grade and that's a lot of stuff that we did when we were young our kids would go out and you know play war games 
<laughs> Basically, what we were doing again, living our childhood fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
the Evening Hate EP isn't all hard rock, as you'd mentioned. You included a couple acoustic tracks, one of which is a cover of the Fuel song Hemorrhage. I was surprised by how much you sound like Brett Scallions. Was that a reason for choosing the song? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I didn't really, uh, you know, I've always been on our radar. There's a couple songs from the uh, uh, the 90s that I'm like, yes, that's, that's an awesome song. That would be a great song to cover. And, you know, they're always kind of on our radar. Um, Anthony brought up this song, and, um, you know, I was just like, yes, let's do it. It's awesome. It's it's not a super high range or anything, so it's very easy to get into that, uh, the grittiness of it all. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in high school, like, learning all different types of music and stuff. So it's like, like you, like you said earlier, you know, how do you go from, like, that clear tone to the grittiness? And so, so I have that those tools. Like I say, sometimes those crayons in my cram box where I can pull out, <laughs> like, let's just go this direction, but push it to the nth degree of like, you know, this is what Brett Scallion sounds like. Okay, sweet. I can, I can push that to the nth degree and make it sound just the way it is. You know, I'm not exactly like him. You know, I have still have kind of the flavor of who I am in, as an individual, but, you know, we wanted to definitely pay tribute to uh, the way that song sounded back in the uh, early 90s. And, uh, you know, it's a great song. Uh, definitely. Um, honored to cover the song and uh, hope people, a lot of people like it. And with the lyrics of the song, is this actually revealing your emo side? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're like super emo or anything. They're more like mainstream type of thing, but yeah, I understand what you're saying with the lyrics and stuff in your hands, you know, uh, hemorrhaging. There was a lot of that going on back in, you know, uh, early nineties with like gasoline and like a, one single phrases that were just kind of like, uh, you know, in your face, um, type of titles. And, you know, I love that. I love that definitely in the early nineties with the grunge rock and stuff. So, uh, just, yeah, we're definitely appreciative to uh, be a part of it. Memories are just where you lay them. Drain the waters till the depths give up their dead What did you expect to find? Was it something you left behind? Don't you remember Anything I said when I said Yeah. 
But you turned away You don't remember But I do You'll never even try To run away And leave me to myself To run away And leave love bleeding in my hands In my hands again And leave love bleeding I'm not throwing any hate on fuel, but I really do prefer Red's cover of Hemorrhage over the original. Of course, Red has a huge amount of music to listen to. But of course, even better would be to get them up on one of their current tour dates to see their show live. We've hit a bit of a milestone on The Antidote because this is the 399th episode of the antidote and since you're incredible with numbers that means our next show is number 400 and i'm going to bring in a few of the highlights from the past along with pieces of some of the artist interviews that really have made an impact on me and hopefully you'll be enjoying those so be sure to tune in this is going to be something quite different okay we're going to take this show back to red as i ask about michael's bandmates and share from the ashes another song from the evening hate have a great week i have to ask you about your bandmates michael sure i mean you're not a small guy but really does the height of the armstrong brothers ever intimidate you (laughs) no not really i mean we've known each other since third grade so it's like i know we've known each other for so long so it's you know we just know all the ins and outs and the quirkiness about each other and and uh you know, it's just the, so it doesn't intimidate me because we know who we are. And, you know, I've never been that way with anybody. I've never, you know, like the towering uh, person, like a bunch of tattoos and could be, you know, like me, bald and just earrings everywhere. You just can't judge a book by its cover. You know, it's like the, the biggest guy, burly guy could just be a bear and just, uh, you know, love on everybody. And so, I just treat people with respect and and love on anybody. And, you know, that's just kind of my personality. I've always been that way. Michael, thanks for taking time to talk about Red and enjoy your tour. Totally. Thanks, uh, Dave. Appreciate the uh, the time. And uh, I hope that you get to come out to a show if you get a chance. Absolutely. We're only in Canada, so... uh, (laughs) 